0: Bibles to the book of Philippians, we're going to be looking at chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, if I can find it here, there we go, and we're going to start with verse 6, Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. You may be seated. Today I want to talk about negative attachments. Mm. Negative attachment. When I was a kid, um, my brother, my little brother and I, we would love to uh, run through the fields and run through the trees. And uh, this one particular park that we played in all the time, in this grassy field, they have these things called hitchhikers. Do you know what I'm talking about? You guys remember hitchhikers? And uh, you would be playing and frolicking, and we'd be wrestling and fighting each other, playing tag with our friends, whatever. But it was inevitable when we got done that you would have hitchhikers all over you. Some people called them chiggers, right? Them little things, and they would stick all over you. Stick to your clothes, stick to your skin. While you're out there playing, and having all kinds of fun, you know, not paying attention really to what's around you, just paying attention to your friends and the activities you're involved in. These things would get all over you. And when they would get on your clothes, and the longer they stayed there, the more them jokers got dug in. And they would get into your jeans and into the fabric on your sh- shorts. And you would try to pull them off. And you could get them off, but a lot of times you would snag your clothes, your t-shirts, your shorts, whatever you were wearing, trying to get them things off of you. These little tiny hitchhikers. I don't know if you guys uh, who are the younger generation know what I'm talking about. You don't get hitchhikers from playing video games. Uh, But uh, when you are outside running around playing, you, you would get those things, and they would hook themselves onto you, and man, they were a pain to get off. Today, I believe there are those of us who have allowed negative hitchhikers to attach themselves to us. We've been out frolicking in the world, playing, having a good time, doing our own thing, We've been chasing after uh, what feels good. We've been chasing after uh, what we want for ourselves. And we've picked up all kinds of hitchhikers. And what we found is at the end of the day... Uh, after chasing all of these things that we wanted and frolicking in what the world has to offer, and all of these things that we thought would bring us joy and peace and comfort and happiness, all these relationships that we chased and activities that we chased, and all of these things, that at the end of the day, we're tired, we're sore, and we got all of these things stuck to us mm-hmm. that are hard to remove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, they're irritating. Some people are allergic to hitchhikers, and they actually will cause a rash to break out on your skin. Uh, They will mess up your clothing, make it unwearable. There are those of us who have been living our lives, either ignoring God or pretending like God does not exist, convincing ourselves that we're the master of our own domain. We're in control. We're going to do what we want to do. And what we've allowed to happen is we've allowed negative attachments to occur. We've allowed ourselves to be a, have anger latch on to us. Yes. We've allowed hatred to latch on to, the, uh, to us. Mm-hmm. And when you get certain things that latch on to you, the other stuff is attracted to it. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's like in the dark. Yeah. You leave out food in a, in a restaurant or food in your home uncovered, what's going to find it? Mm-hmm. Bugs. Yes. Right? Bugs are going to find it. They're going to gravitate to that. Uh, and just like that, if you and I have have things uh, on us, they attract other parasites. Wow. Mm-hmm. right? They attract other things that want to attach itself to us. Mm-hmm. Anger, left unchecked, left un- left uncontrolled, attracts bitterness. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it attracts jealousy mm-hmm. and resentment, mm-hmm. right? A lustful heart, a covetous heart, attracts anger, mm-hmm. right? Which in turn attracts bitterness and resentment, right? We have these things, these negative attachments that have uh, attached themselves to us, and they have now, at this point, they've attracted all of these other things that we're just a walking mess mm-hmm. and capable of freeing ourselves. And a lot of times when we get those negative things attached to us, we like to blame everyone but ourselves. Mm -hmm. We like to to blame everyone but ourselves. I'm going to tell you a a story here to try to illustrate my point. Uh, Many years ago, I uh, was working out. That's how you know it was a long time ago. (laughs) And I was working out in the gym at my office. And I had forgotten my shower slippers. And like a dummy, I went in the shower and took a shower without my shower slippers on. I well, my last thing because I got a planter's wart. Those things stink. Well, I was stupid. I knew what it was, so I tried to use regular wart remover on right? And all I did was, trying to fix it, was cause it to get worse and worse and worse. And by the time I... I, on all my efforts to fix it and get rid of it, by the time I was done, I could hardly walk on my foot. It was so bad. The wart had spread almost the whole bottom of my foot. I know this is gross, but I'm going somewhere. <laughs> I tried to fix it on my own, and right, and I, I was uh, mad that I had gotten this thing. Mad at myself that I'd gone in the shower, knowing better, should have worked, you know, knowing better, I should have done it. And I was mad. At the shower, and I was bad at the treatment because the treatment wasn't working. The problem was I was the one using the treatment, and I was using it in the wrong way, and so I made the problem worse. And the only way that I was able to get relief is I had to go to a podiatrist. He took one look at my foot, and he literally said, "How are you walking?" He, I think, he was actually disgusted. And so he gave me the right treatment that I needed. He gave me something, essentially it was formaldehyde, that you put on the bottom of your foot, and what it does is it kills everything at a certain level of your skin as you put it on. And so it killed the virus, the warts, on the bottom of my foot. And by God's grace and mercy, I have not had a flaring up since, right? Right? Um, But I had to go to the right place to get the right treatment so I could get relief. It took me months to go do that. Months of me trying to treat it myself because I did not want to go to the doctor. When you try to treat yourself, you will always make it worse. Always make it worse. And make the problem spread. Try to treat yourself, the things that have attached themselves to you like a virus, that anger, that bitterness, that resentment, that hate, that guilt, that shame, that habit, those behaviors that you cannot seem to shake. When you are trying to fix them by yourselves, you cannot. You simply make it worse. And so God is here to tell somebody today, you've run, you've tried to fix it yourself, things just keep getting worse and worse, maybe you've ignored him, you've said even maybe that he does not exist, or that you don't want anything to do with him, and God is saying to you today, I'm here for you, and if you want relief, if you want peace, if you want freedom, if you want healing, I'm here to do that for you. We just have to call upon him. We also, not only do things attach themselves to us as we walk this life, but also we attach ourselves to things. Mm -hmm. We deliberately (coughs) attach ourselves to people. Mm -hmm. We deliberately attach ourselves to stuff and it becomes a negative attachment. Listen, folks, whenever a person defines you, that's a negative attachment. Amen. Whenever we feel like we have to get our value from a person, that is a negative relationship. Amen. That is a negative attachment. For our value comes from God. Yes. Right? So we must be careful what we actually try and attach ourselves to. Because it is a negative attachment that can destroy us. And the thing with attachments, negative attachments, is they're not easy to remove and sometimes it hurts. Mm -hmm. But if we allow God to do what God can do, your father, and I want to refer to him as father because sometimes we hear the word God and it's so ominous and he seems so big and impersonal. But he's your father. He's a personal God. And he wants to help you. He wants to set you free. And so when you and I begin to look and look at those negative attachments in our lives, the first thing that we must do is we must forgive. We must ask God to forgive us. We must forgive others, and we must forgive ourselves. Those are hard things to do. Because the first step is asking God to have mercy and to forgive us, and that's acknowledging that we made a mistake. That's acknowledging that there's someone bigger than us, greater than us. That's acknowledging that I need to make changes, that I messed up, and that the way I'm doing things simply is not working Asking God to forgive us, making him Lord of our lives, is saying, God, I've messed things up so royally that I need you to fix it and take control and guide and lead and direct me. And here's the thing, when I give somebody else control, that means I'm giving them control to do what they want to do, to take me where they want to take me, and I don't like being out of control. I don't like giving up the things that bring me comfort in a momentary moment in time. That bring me pleasure or bring me peace or help me be distracted for a moment in time. Even though I know that it's a destructive behavior or it's something that's negative that can hurt me in the long run. And that moment in time it gives me peace. And so I don't want to give it up. But when when we ask Christ to forgive us, we acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. It means giving those things up. Amen. It means saying no. It means saying that we don't know what's right, what's best for ourselves. And that's true. We don't know what's best for ourselves. We live in a world that's all about thinking that we know what's best. Mm -hmm. I know what's best for me. I have my truth. Well, you don't have your truth. There's only one truth, God's truth. No man defines his own truth. though the world tells you that you can define your own truth. But that is not the case. The same world that says that there is no absolute truth has just stated an absolute truth. By saying there is no truth. For there are absolutes, right? right? And we do not determine our own truth. God determines truth. And you don't know, and I don't know what's best for me, whether I like it or not. The Bible is very clear that you and I do not know what's best for us. For if if, if we did, Adam and Eve would have never fell. Mm -hmm. They would have never sinned. If we did, to make it more personal, you and I would not be where we're at right now in the situation that we're in if we knew what was best for us. Amen. Because we've been doing it our way for so very, very long, and we're still in the mess or a worse mess, and it's always as bad as it's always been. And God says... I know what's best for you. So the first thing that you have to do is you have to say, Lord, I am sorry. I want to make you Lord of my life. I recognize that I've made a mess of things through relationships, through living my life and doing my own thing. And he, the Bible says, is faithful and just to forgive us of everything. Everything that we've done wrong. Every lie, every bad decision, every mistake, every bit of anger, every bit of bitterness, every bit of jealousy, Right? All of those things he'll forgive you in an instant if you'll simply ask. And then say, Lord, I want you to be God of my life. Father, be Lord of my life. Take control. That's what salvation is. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that he's risen from the dead, then we're saved. So it's as simple as that. That confession is acknowledging that I don't know what's best, I'm helpless, I'm hopeless, and I need God. Jesus, become Lord of my life. Confess, repent, God, I'm sorry. And you're saved. And with salvation comes with benefits, and I was not going to go this direction, but now I am. With salvation comes benefits, peace, joy. Comfort, protection, mm-hmm. provision. See, a lot of us get mad at God because we feel like we have been protected. Been protected. We think God hasn't been there for us when the truth is, is we've never given him our heart. Yeah. We've never made him lord of our lives. And he cannot protect what he is not lord over. Mm-hmm. That's a king protects his kingdom. He protects His subjects. He protects those who are loyal to Him. God cannot protect you if He is not Lord of your life or Lord of my life. Amen. But when He becomes Lord of your life, when you accept Him as Lord and Savior, when you finally stop running from what you know is true, which is that you're lost and that you can't fix it on your own, and that God had mercy and He, he gave His life upon the cross so that He could have a relationship with you. When you finally stop running... Make that confession. God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Amen. What that means is the psalmist said that God casts your wrongdoings and my wrongdoings. God casts every bad decision, every bad thought, every sin that I've committed, every act of rebelliousness, every poor thing that I've done. He casts, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west. Never to be remembered against you again. People will remember things against you—what you what you've said, what you've done. God does not. Amen. Meaning that once you ask God to forgive you, He will never bring up what you did in the past again. Thank you. Now, the devil will, the enemy will, yeah, the flesh will, yeah, but God will not, and that is a eternal truth written in God's word. But God will never remember what you did wrong against you again. Meaning you're free from punishment. His eternal judgment. Guilt and shame. He says there is no condemnation. There is no guilt. There is no shame for those who have made God, the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord of their life. Who are in Christ. So if you're living a life of guilt and shame and condemnation, God says, I'm right here. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to have guilt. You don't have to run to other places to find peace and comfort that only at last for a moment. I'm here to give you everything right now that you need. Amen. Love. Stop seeking love everywhere else. You're miserable, and I'm miserable because I seek love and acceptance in the wrong places. In the arms of a man. In the arms of a woman. I seek love and acceptance at a job. Or a friends. I seek love and acceptance at an activity. Participate in activities that I know are wrong simply because the other people accept me when I'm doing it. I can't tell you how many teenagers... As a youth pastor, I I, I encountered who felt rejected and alone and felt like uh, and instead of turning to God, they turned to things that they morally knew were reprehensible, things that they knew were wrong, behaviors that they knew were wrong, that went against what they knew to be right and even what they knew them as a person believed. But they found acceptance and so therefore they became chameleons. And they took on those behaviors and those thoughts and those attitudes so they could have acceptance. But here's the great thing about God. God doesn't care. He doesn't need you to fake, pretend, to be accepted. He accepts us how we are. Amen. I mean, that's hard for you and I to understand because we get rejected a lot, don't we? People don't like the decisions that we make, and so they punish us. They don't we don't do what they want us to do and so they get angry at us. People hold grudges. People like to feel justified and punish those that they feel have wronged them in some way. God does not. When you call upon him, he forgives. He has mercy. And he never remembers that sin that wrongdoing, that choice, that lifestyle against you again. I don't know about you, but that gives me great peace. That all the things that I've done in my life, I'm 42 years old, and I've done a lot of bad things. A lot of things that I am not proud of. Things that would probably shock some of you. But what's so great about God is that when I asked him for mercy and grace, he forgave me. Amen. And when I come before him, I know that he never thinks about it again. He doesn't look back and say, well, in 1980, such and such, Curtis did this. He doesn't think about that anymore. He forgives. He doesn't hold grudges like man holds grudges. God, contrary to popular belief, does not set and want to shock people with lightning. He's not just waiting for us to make mistakes so he can punish us. Yeah. He's not some great cosmic killjoy that, that we have a generation, of, 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 a couple generations now, of people who believe that God is all about taking away the fun out of everything. Right? That he doesn't do, he, he's not worth following because he doesn't give us the satisfaction that we, we feel that we need. He's just waiting to punish us, and that's not true. God is not just waiting to punish and zap. He wants to forgive. The Bible says it is his will that all would come to repentance. He wants you to choose him, but you have a choice. He wants me to choose him, but I have a choice. If the Holy Spirit is convicting your heart this morning, that's him saying, choose me. I want a complete different direction than I anticipated this morning because I believe God is saying to somebody's heart today, choose me. You have anger. You have frustration. You have bitterness. You feel rejected. God says, choose me and I will heal those wounds. I will heal your broken heart. I will heal your pain and I will ease your suffering. Man may fail you and let you down, but God is eternal and faithful. And the Bible says that his mercy, his grace, is new every morning, meaning that you can never exhaust his faithfulness or his mercy. I can never exhaust his forgiveness. Jesus told uh, the the, the people that they needed to forgive their enemies. And Peter, uh, being who he was, wanted an exact number. (laughs) He said, how many times am I supposed to forgive my enemies? Because he felt like if I reach that number, well then, I'm good to hold a grudge the rest of my life. And Jesus said seven times seventy. Meaning, never are you to not forgive. Now, God holds you and I to that standard that if your brother or your sister or your enemy needs forgiveness and God expects us to forgive them every single time, God who is perfect, God who never sins, God who never makes a mistake, God who is not like man, that he would ever fail you and I, how much will he forgive? Mm. He's perfect. God does not struggle to forgive. You and I struggle to forgive. I gotta think about it. I gotta weigh my options. Right? Uh, it may take me days, weeks, months, years to ever ever get to the place where I properly forgive someone. But God is not like man. It does not take him years, it does not take him months, it does not take him days. It takes him but a moment. The time it takes you to say you're sorry. And he forgives. So that anger, that bitterness, that rejection that you feel. God is here to heal you. There's those that have known Christ as Lord and Savior for a very long time. But you are still bound by rejection and anger and bitterness Mm -hmm. and hate. God says it's not his will that you would live that way. That's a negative attachment. It's like a parasite that will feed until there's nothing left to feed upon. It will destroy you and leave you as nothing but a husk. Mm-hmm. And let me say this. People are not always going to ask you to forgive them. I'm sorry. Yeah. People are not always going to say they're sorry. Mm-hmm. But you still must forgive. Even if you feel like what they did was wrong. Even if you feel like you are a righteous anger, you have a right to feel that way. Even if the other person doesn't understand why you're angry or upset, you still have a responsibility to forgive. Not for their sake, for your sake. Because I speak from personal experience someone who harbored anger and hate and bitterness and unforgiveness in his heart for a very long time, it will destroy you. And resentment and anger, those negative attachments, will drain you dry until you have nothing left to give. When you are young, you may feel like, you and I feel like we can just keep doing it when we're young. And the anger is there, the bitterness is there, and some people even feel like it drives them. But when you start to get older, like I am, it takes a toll on your body, mentally and physically. All the years of hate and bitterness and anger and rejection, it starts to finally catch up with you. But here's the great thing about God is we serve a God of restoration. Amen. A God who redeems the time. Yes. A God who could say, yes, you had all of these things and you got a, some some of us got unfair shakes. You didn't choose your parents. You didn't choose health issues. You didn't choose what school you went to. You didn't choose who rejected you, who was mean to you, who lied to you, who, who was uh, hateful to you. You didn't choose those things. I didn't choose those things. But yet we've allowed them to destroy us. And we've allowed them to steal from us. And God says, I will restore that which has been stolen and bring peace to a heart that's been broken. <coughs> God will pick up the pieces. He will put them back together better than they were before they were broken. Amen. Through his mercy, through his love, through his grace, through his forgiveness. That is the amazing miracle. You're looking for peace. He is your peace. If you're looking for acceptance, he is your Lord and your Savior. If you're looking for guidance, he's your compass. If you're looking for forgiveness, he's your Savior. And if you're looking for freedom. He's the God who frees, who breaks chains, Amen. who moves mountains. Yes. Amen. A God of love, a God of grace, a God of mercy, but also a God of might mm-hmm. and power yeah. to break every chain, to break every habit to break every control that the enemy has over our bless you.